All right, episode 49 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. We're going to do a quick daily fantasy lineup selections here. Connor Larson's back on the podcast. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, what's popping, Benny? What's popping? Let's get into this. Some daily fantasy selections. We wanted to uh, kind of do this one after our normal weekly podcast this week because we figure uh, we've, we're going to do better the, the more information we have. And so there's been a lot of injury information coming out the last couple of days. A lot of NFL news been coming out. Uh, we want to make sure that we're able to um, give you guys the best advice for daily fantasy selections this week. So uh, without further ado, let's dive into some of our selections. Connor, let's start off at the quarterback position. Who'd you go with a quarterback this week? I'm taking an atypical approach. Um, I'm going with Alex Smith. I've loved his volume coming back as a starter on Washington. He has a prime matchup against Cincinnati and he's coming in only at 5,300. He's easily somebody I could see going for 300 plus yards. And if he gets two touchdowns, he's going to be enough of his value there. Who you got, Benny? Um, I ended up going with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, there's no secret here. Jacksonville's defense is pretty bad. Uh, they're, they're ranked 30th right now in uh, expected expected points added from the defense. They have they their defense has given them negative 128.28 points this year, according to uh, Pro Football <sighs> Reference. So yeah, that's not good. Um, but so Roethlisberger should be able to throw the ball pretty pretty well against Jacksonville. They gave up a lot of air yards as well. Um, really, my my main selection here was Patrick Mahomes. I mean, this defense that he's facing against the Vegas uh, Las Vegas Raiders this week is, is it's very tasty. So if you have him in your real fantasy lineup, congrats because you could bank on at least like thirty points this week. I'm guessing. Um, but for the purpose of daily fantasy, you wanted to give you guys um, the best look for the possibility of your uh, your money your what is it? What, what Connor? What's the uh, description for it? It's like the the Millie Maker and right there are the fifty fifties, and then you have the larger tournament plays, which include the Millie Maker. So it's a twenty dollar entry, and if you're the winner, you get a million dollars. So that's that's the one o'clock and four o'clock times yeah. uh, time slots. Connor Connor gave me a, a little bit of a hard time for going with Mahomes, so I end up going down to Roethlisberger. But I don't think it's that big of a downgrade. Roethlisberger with four touchdowns last week. I think he scored over thirty fantasy points in most leagues. Um, had a really great week, and he's been having he's a few good weeks together now and he's really looked he looked well um that, that pittsburgh offense is looking really really good right now they're firing on all cylinders and so look for uh pittsburgh to continue to keep the ball rolling there um in jacksonville this weekend um at running back connor and i both went with alvin kamara i don't know how you can't this week the news coming out today Taysom hill is going to be starting a quarterback behind uh behind center for new orleans this week it's going to be an experiment to say the least for new Orleans this week. I mean, we've seen tastes of it. We've seen uh, glimpses of Hill behind center and it's always like the trick plays and it's always like a gimmick and it's always kind of, you know, wildcat kind of feel, you know? And so what's that going to look like over the course of a, of a full game? I don't know. I mean, I know it's going to look like a lot of Alan Kamara. So that's why I'm going with Kamara here. It's worth the $9,200 to fit him into your daily fantasy lineups this week in our opinion. Connor. Yeah. Kamara has clearly been no. He, he's he's the main guy in that team. He's been their backbone. Michael Thomas has been in and out of the lineup, and they've had a lot of turnover. Um, so when it comes down to the Saints, and you have some uncertainty at the quarterback position, there's going to be a ton of dump offs in in Kamara usage in this game for sure. Um, another guy who who's just equally been as impressive this season is Dalvin Cook, and he's my next running back. So I spent down a little bit at 
Alex Smith, and that allowed me to pay up at running back. And I'm locking in the top two running backs this season by far in fantasy football. For example, the the next running back on the slate is um, Derrick Henry at 8,000, and he's only averaging 20 points per game compared to 28 and 29, respectively, for Cook and Kamara. So I love my running backs. Lock it in. Safest plays of the week. You're cheating here. Yours is cheating. Kamara and Cook, come on. You're not worried at all about Cook's uh, poor performance last week against the Bears? No, yeah, I mean, he, it's, he it's human. the Bears. It wasn't like the worst, but, you know, the Bears have a decent defense. I agree with you. The Bears have a top 10 defense, and he gets Dallas this week, so I'm feeling yeah. very confident that, you know, they're going to get up big, and then they're just going to run the ball. Well, are you worried about Madison possibly getting some more carries, vulturing some carries in the second half if this game gets out of hand? If it, if it gets out of hand, part of the reason it will be out of hand is because of an awesome first half performance from Dalvin Cook. So I'm not worried about that. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was a concern last year and it never really played out because they only brought Cook out once they had a big enough lead. And usually Cook was a big reason they had that lead. Yeah, I agree with you there. Honestly, it's, it's just questions worth asking, though. All Absolutely. Right. I, I, in my RB2 spot, I went with Damian Harris at $5,700 with the performance against Baltimore last week. Seemed to really solidify his lead back role in New England's backfield. Um, it's it's confusing to me. It, I'm conflicted having a good running back behind uh, behind center. I mean, behind the quarterback here for New England. I mean, it's like Bel Belichick. Like he has to bench Damian Harris now. Like he can't he can't have a good running back. That's not that's not allowed. You know, New England can't do that. I mean, and I'm just joking. But no, Damian Harris looked really good last week. Uh, he's got a good matchup against Houston. The only concern here, I was a little bit. Um, doing a little bit of research into Damian Harris's injuries this week. He's got a chest injury that lingered over, has lingered over a few weeks and he has a, an anchor injury that an ankle injury that has popped up. So worth monitoring that, make sure he's, uh, he's playing on Sunday, obviously. So that um, he's getting you points in your daily fantasy lineups. Um, wide receiver, Connor, uh, who'd you go with in your wide receiver one spot? My wide receiver one spot, I'm going with Terry McLaurin. He, he's a top five yardage guy in the season, and I get to stack him with Alex Smith. I think that when Smith throws, it's going to be either to him and maybe McKissick. So if you if you want to get smooches in your lineup in a PPR, yeah. it's not a bad spot. But I have McLaurin at 6,900. I think he's a clear wide receiver one, and coming in under 7K is great. But that does also mean when I have Kamara, Cook, and McLaurin, I have to spend down somewhere else, and that hits my wide receiver two and three spot. So I'm bringing in kind of a couple dart throws in Jalen Rager and Brashad Perryman. I liked what I saw out of Rager on the first couple quarters where he was um, he was heavily targeted by Wentz. I think he was like three for 31 in the first half. And so I think he can carry some of that momentum as they continue to play on the same page. And, and I think he gains a larger share of that offense moving forward. And then Perryman just looked stellar coming back in his first game going for seven or five catches on seven targets for a hundred yards and two touchdowns. Touchdowns. He was paid as their big offseason signing at receiver. And I think that they might use him as such this week. It's a small sample size, but at, for a dart throw at 4,300, I think he's going to be worth it. Yeah, I like your selections here. Um, can't go wrong with with Terry McLaurin and Alex Smith. <laughs> uh, I can't get the words out. Alex Smith, man, comeback player of the year. But yeah, I like Terry McLaurin. He's he's honestly a wide receiver one at this point. It's, He's 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 this season he's really proven himself as a solidified elite receiver in this league for years to come. So really like that selection. Jalen Rager, like you said, explosive last week. Looking looking for him to continue to build off the comeback from the injuries. 
Um, Perriman always always a threat for the for the deep ball. My guys, I end up going with in my wide receiver spots. Justin Jefferson facing the Dallas Cowboys. Jefferson has been on a roll lately with Minnesota, looking like this. He's looking like he's taking over the wide receiver one spot almost. Um, with I mean, at the very least, he's very he's equal with Adam Thielen right now. Yardage wise, absolutely. Yeah, and he's a, he's the top rated uh, offensive rookie right now. Um, sorry, not offense. I think Herbert is uh, still the the top rated offensive rookie, but Bur- Burrow as well. Um, but Jefferson's the top rated receiver for rookies right now. Um, looking fantastic. He's very explosive. Every time he seems like it's not only is he passed the stats test, like he gets really good analytic analytic. Uh, uh, rankings and stuff like that, but he passes the eye test, man. That guy catches the ball and he looks like he's he's always breaking a tackle or two. Like you know, he always is showing off that explosive speed. So I'm really comfortable throwing him in my lineup against Dallas. Who we all we talk about this often. Dallas's defense has been awful this year. So look for, for look for Jefferson to have a good game against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I ended up stacking my uh, quarterback spot with Roethlisberger. I stacked it with Deontay Johnson against the Jacksonville Jaguars for all the reasons why Ben Roethlisberger is a good uh, play against the Jaguars. So was Deontay Johnson. Jaguars are giving up some of the most air yards um, in the league this season. And I like Deontay Johnson to continue to keep, keep the, the, the trends going. He's been playing really well over the last couple of weeks. Ben, and, do you mind if I ask why Johnson over say Juju or Claypool for you this week? It was a value play for me, but honestly, uh, Deontay Johnson feels like um, he's Ben Roethlisberger's big play threat in this lineup. And while while Claypool and Juju are um, great, great plays in their own right, I'm still going with uh, Deontay because, I mean, honestly, it felt like Deontay Johnson was po- poised to take over this wide receiver set before he kind of got injured. Like he was seemed like he was poised to be the, the wide receiver one in this mm-hmm. offense. And I think that the, the more removed from those injuries he had earlier in the season, the, the more improvement we're going to continue to see with Deontay Johnson. So I think last week, didn't he have two touchdowns? Um, and he, this, he recently had like an eight for 90 and two. Yeah. So Deontay Johnson, I think is, is poised to really just blossom in this Pittsburgh offense. And I think he's going to continue to see a lot of targets. Um, but you're right. Juju and, and Claypool are definitely receivers to consider here as well. Uh, I just ended up going with Deontay Johnson because the budget fit out well. I tend um, to agree. I, I would rank them probably for me, Deontay and then Claypool and then Juju, just because Claypool is more of a touchdown threat. It seems like Juju is going to be, he's more of the safety valve this year. I agree. And then my last wide receiver, I, I fit into my wide receiver spots. Robbie Anderson facing the Detroit Lions. Uh, Robbie Anderson uh, has been had, had a good season. He is, has had a couple down weeks here and there. Um, he started off really hot. And over his last few games, he um, he's cooled off a little bit. He's no longer the wide receiver one that he was the first few weeks of the year. Um, but the last week he scored just 4.1 fantasy points in, in uh, half PPR and 10.8 the week, the week before that and 7.3. So he's kind of, he's got, he's strung together a few adequate games, but you know, this Detroit lions defense is the worst defense he's faced since I would say Atlanta, Atlanta in week eight and week five. I mean, he's faced, so listen to these defenses that he struggled against. I mean, Chicago, New Orleans, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, uh, Arizona actually has a decent pass defense. Like these, he's he, he, there's there's no there's nothing to complain about with Robert Anderson's production on the season overall. Um, but you'll you'll see that he's not matchup he's not matchup uh, proof. You know, he, he has to be facing a, a defense that matches up well. And I think this Detroit Lions one is definitely a, a defense that qualifies in that category. 
it's it's a good week to pick your spot there. And and I, I like him uh, this week to perform. His yeah. yardage totals are a very safe floor. I think we're going to see at least a big game out of one or both of Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore in this one. Um, and I know the the question with Bridgewater playing, um, I think he's truly a game time decision is what the, the report was um, here on Friday afternoon. Um, but with um, with Bridgewater, if he's out, I, like we've said in a couple other podcasts previously, PJ Walker's he's no slouch. He's a decent backup quarterback and he'll be able to throw the ball to Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore still. So I, I, if Bridgewater's out, obviously that's not great, but still uh, worth taking a look at Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. If uh, PJ Walker's under center, because he, he's, he's not, he's not your awful backup quarterback, big downgrade, uh, completely forget about the offense kind of backup quarterback. So uh, not worry too much hear about some that. rumblings that they might be looking at Will Greer to take some snaps this week as well. Does that worry you at all? Uh, possibly. Uh, I, I don't know much about Will Greer to be honest, but um, I just think Carolina is well coached this season and I, they've been pretty consistent in terms of um, putting out a good product on the field each week. You know, they, they, their record doesn't necessarily show that they're an elite or above average even team, but for the eye test, when you watch them, they're in each, they're in a lot of these games. They're in, they're competing in a lot of these games, at least in the first half in a lot of them. Um, and so I think this team is still looking to compete and I'm not, I'm not too down on the, the potentials of Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore this week. I think they're they could both still have good games. Yeah, I think you're on point there. And well, let's keep this pod rolling. Uh, so at tight end, I have Logan Thomas. I'm going with the double stack with Washington. It's the value play of the year. I'm going with a little bit of bundle here. And he's coming in only at 3,300. He, he he had four catches, I think, last week and, and, and more than 60 yards. And that was, <laughs> that actually put him in the top five of the tight end position last week, believe it or not. And yeah, so he clearly, if Alex Smith is going to be throwing more, I think he's a guy you can get some usage out of. And uh, most of the million makers actually have at least a single if not a double stack so i'm going in on washington this week yeah i like the logan thomas pick i honestly had him as my original selection at tight end i ended up saving a little bit of money here and there across my lineup and i ended up upgrading to my guy at tight end i went with tj hawkinson he's one of my top three to four tight ends this week with the uh, announcement that Kenny Galladay will be sitting out this week, I, I did give a, a decent upgrade to both Hawkinson and honestly, both the receivers, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. and Marvin Hall for Detroit, both, both worth looks um, in your DFS line this week. I ended up going with the Hawkinson play at tight end for $4,200. Who'd you go with in your flex, Connor? Flex, I'm going with Duke Johnson. David Johnson's out this week. It's just a pure value play. He didn't look great, but I think he gets 20 touches. Hopefully he gets more involved in the passing game now that the weather's going to be a little bit better. Uh, so I like Duke Johnson there. How about you, Benny? I I like that play. I'm going to go with Adrian Peterson uh, with the announcement that DeAndre Swift is out for Detroit. Adrian Peterson is going to be a starting quarter, I mean, a starting running back. And for the fact that he's going to get probably 15 to 18 carries, uh, going to be able to touch the ball a decent amount. I like him at $4,000 for the budget there. Yeah, it seems like we went uh, with the running backs there for the same reason. Kind of yeah. just starters. That's why. Um, yeah. And then we had the same defense. We're going with the Falcons. Um, and I think it's because we know that Taysom Hill is going to be the starting quarterback. And that really is a ceiling limiting uh, uh opponent once you get yeah there. exactly yeah uh, they, honestly it just feels like new orleans is going to be trying some things on offense and whenever a team is trying something new on offense you like the, uh, the opportunities for turnovers and uh, a little bit of a defensive stifle for, uh, for the falcons this week but honestly not the best play but it's worth the, it's worth just twenty three hundred dollars to fit some other guys in your lineup 
I like our lineups this week. You know, they're unique. We're trying a few different things and hopefully it pays off for everyone. I think your lineup's going to be a little bit safer if you're playing a cash game. And I kind of oriented my lineup uh, towards a tournament play going with some of those long ball options with the, with the Washington trio stack there. Certainly. Yeah. You have some opportunities for some booms, um, low floor, high ceiling type receivers like Perriman and Rager. Um, and, and even McLaurin has a, has a high ceiling for a potential breakout. I mean, but you can't go wrong with the best two running backs in the NFL. So, um, we could dive into a little bit of some of these values that we have to recommend for anybody, um, possibly looking for other options besides the ones that we've selected here for you. Um, so Connor, Talk to me about uh, the quarterback position. So besides Alex Smith and Ben Roethlisberger, and I, I mentioned Mahomes. If you if you are playing a competition where you could get Mahomes in your DFS lineup, I would I would definitely recommend spending up on him. Um, but Connor, who else are we looking at at quarterback this week who could uh, possibly get you some some good DFS value? Yeah, a guy I like this week is uh, Lamar Jackson. It's a guy on your team, so unfortunately, you know, me liking him against Tennessee in the matchup, uh, I, I'm conflicted there. I think he does well, so I, I'll probably add him in, uh, into a few DFS lineups just as a hedge against our fantasy matchup. Um, but I think, yeah, it's, it's a get-right game uh, we have in our show notes there, and it's it's absolutely true. Last week, they played against New England in a monsoon, and I think they the Ravens really want to shut down the haters and everybody who's saying that this offense doesn't look right. Tennessee has been just horrific. Maybe the second worst team behind Seattle um, in terms of their past defense. So I, I think Lamar gets right. I think Mandrews has a big game and he looks like the man he was last year. And uh, Marquise Brown, maybe, maybe he catches a deep shot. Yeah, I like that selection. And we've talked about it in the last podcast, Lamar Jackson, I'm, I'm, steering towards a get right game here for him and the Baltimore offense. So really, if I, if I don't see some, some signs of life out of them this week, I'm going to be really worried about having Lamar Jackson on my fantasy team, honestly, because this is, this is the ideal matchup for him. If he doesn't have an explosive game this week, I, I'm not loving my chances for Lamar Jackson for the rest of the way. Cause this is going to be this week. Yeah. This is this, if you're not going to play Lamar Jackson this week, when are you going to play him? You know what I mean? Like if he's not going to have a big game this week, when is it coming? And mm-hmm. you know, so other guys I'm keeping an eye on uh, Justin Herbert against the New York Jets. Anybody against the Jets really is always a decent play. Justin Herbert is a good quarterback as well. So you can't go wrong with that one. Uh, Matt Ryan against New Orleans. I think there's going to be a, a decent amount of throwing in this one. Those, those Saints Falcons matchups always seem to be competitive. I think Ryan has some pretty good career st- statistics against the New Orleans Saints as well. So even though the Saints have a good defense, I'm still not shying away too much from Matt Ryan this week. I think he's a top 10 quarterback play. They should get Ridley back too. So even if Lattimore and Julio Jones have a tough matchup, having just that that second number one wide receiver on the other side of the field is a great outlet for Matt Ryan to have. Yeah, definitely. And then um, some other guys, I mean, you mentioned Alex Smith is in your lineup. Um, I think Joe Burrow is going to throw the ball a lot against the Washington defense. I think there's going to be a lot of passing for Cincinnati this week, especially with Joe Mixon out. I think Joe Burrow, look for him to have a lot of passing attempts, which should lead to some some good uh, fantasy points for him. Um, and then if you really, really want to take a dart throw, Taysom Hill. 
and for (laughs) as you get some rushing yards you know and and when you were talking about fantasy relevance a lot of times depends on the rushing yards although we don't think he's going to be great for new orleans offense fantasy production and actual nfl production are very different so he could end up putting up 20 20 fantasy points and the saints could only put up 14 points that's a very strong possibility because he can make points with his legs which are uh, very great for fantasy compared to passing yards. So he might be a lot more inefficient than say Jameis or Breeze would be, but it could add up to more fantasy points. Certainly. All right, let's roll into the running back position. Uh, who are some values here that you might have your eye on? I think there are a lot of values this week in terms of just replacement guys. Um, so Gio Bernard's only 5,500. You just talked about how Cincinnati's going to throw the ball a bit and Gio Bernard should be a beneficiary there. Um, a guy I have in my lineup is Duke Johnson. And then we all saw what Nick Naheem Hines did last week um, in terms of catching the ball out of the backfield. He yeah. also got the most running back carries over Jonathan Taylor and Jordan yeah. Wilkins, which is an interesting trend. He looks like the best back there. Yeah. And Green Bay's defense is not a, is not a, a matchup to fear um the green bay's defense ranks average to below average in almost every defensive ranking you look at so yeah i actually kind of like that naheem hines idea uh, a couple other guys uh, we had were Salvin Ahmed, who played last week for the Dolphins, t- over 20 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown. But then Matt Breida is also coming back. So we know Miles Gaskin is out. There's not a lot of clarity in that backfield because yeah, it's Breida such a dark throw. Histo- Breida historically has performed well, but both of them under 5,000. I think it's worth sprinkling in either of them in your lineups for the chance that one of them gets a majority of the carries and has a lot of production. Yeah. And um, the, the Denver defense is, it is a little bit too respected. I mean, they're right around 11th in DF DVOA rankings. Um, they're, they're a, a respectable defense, but they're not something to be super fearful of. So that matchup isn't, isn't the worst for Salvin Ahmed and Matt Breida. And really it's a gamble take deciding which one to go with, which one's going to have the better day. Um, for me, I'm leaning Ahmed, but honestly, I'm fearful of, um, Breda kind of vulturing some, at least a touchdown or uh, at least like a dozen carries or something like that. You know, that's something that I'm a little bit afraid of trying to slot Ahmed into my lineup this week. Yeah, I think that's a very fair point. Breda has a, a stronger pedigree um, with his history coming out of San Francisco. He, he's had very strong years there and we know his speed, you know, he, he's clocked at, he's been clocked at the fastest um, run of the year previously, like 22 miles per hour. And, uh, Brita was signed in the offseason to kind of be the guy with Jordan Howard. Now, Jordan Howard's been like a, a complete scratch. So um, he's not going to be competing for carries at all. But I think Brita gets involved. He's just been um, hamstrung by his hamstrings. Yeah. You know, um, you want know a good stat to look at, too, for some of this stuff. I mean, so you if you look at some of these value plays, it's helpful sometimes to look at defenses that give up the most yards um, to, to running backs. So I'll tell you this, right? This season, the New York Giants have given up the most yards to running backs this year. Seattle Seahawks, the Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers. So that plays well into your um, Naheem Hines idea because Naheem Hines does catch the ball a lot. Packers give up the fourth most passing yards against receiver uh, running backs this week. Uh, I mean, this year, uh, fourth most receiving yards to running backs. So Packers, uh, I honestly think Naheem Hines could be a good value this week. Um, and then the Vegas Raiders are around, around that top five. So, um, well, the bottom five, really. So um, 
it's something to keep an eye on. Those kinds of stats are, are always helpful. You go to pro football reference, always something easy to qu- and quick to look up. So, and then the the last guy I had um, targeted as a value play at the running back position is Kalen Balage. He's going to be starting against the New York Jets. And if you're playing against the Jets, why not have him in your lineup? He's only five thousand or fifty six thousand yeah. dollars. And he has, he's he has looked good. good the past two games. He's gotten in the end zone and his yards per carry have looked decent. You know, I think a lot of people judged him early based on his performances down in Miami when Adam Gase was the head coach. But I mean, come on, everybody looked bad in Miami when Adam Gase was the head coach. If you leave Miami, then you look great. uh, You know, so Ryan Tannehill, he escaped. He looked fantastic. Maybe that's the same kind of energy we're getting from. And you know, Balazs had a lot of hype in Miami. Like people were big on his talent and his ability. Matthew Berry had him as like a a sleeper. And yeah, he was, he, I think I drafted him in a league or two. Like, yeah, it's about time that he got some looks because he he's a good running back. And with the threat of Austin Eckler coming back, that's always got to loom heavy in his mind. Like, I got to prove myself to keep a spot on this roster because he's one of those guys that can get demoted to the practice squad, you know. So he's definitely going to be playing for his roster spot this week, and he's got to be in store for a big week against that New York Jets defense. So, yeah, I like that play as well. Who, who are you looking at at wide receiver for possible dart throws or values here? Yeah, I think a lot of the value plays we highlighted in our lineups because you do get three wide receiver slots and a flex in DraftKings. Uh, you know, you're just looking at our lineups, we have a lot of great value plays. So Rager at 4,300, Perriman 4,300, Robbie Anderson's only 6K, Deontay Johnson's 59, so under 6K. And then and again, start your chargers against the jets so mike williams only 5100 he's more of a dart throw he's kind of a coin flip guy so he 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 alternates big games with uh like basically blanks but i think he performs uh in in a really strong matchup um and then justin jefferson versus dallas but i think we're we can help you guys with um, value uh, in DFS this week with this podcast is probably more of the long shots. So Ben, I think this was kind of more your subject expertise when going through here. Why don't you uh, give them the rundown on our long shots? Well, you already touched on Mike Williams and for those same reasons of the deep, deep ball threat against that New York jets team that gives up some of the most air yards in the league this season. Um, I like, uh, Guyton for the for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. He he's been a guy that Herbert's looked to this season. He's looked to him a few times for those deep ball throws. He's caught a few touchdowns already this year. I like his opportunities this this uh, this Sunday. I think he'll at least get a deep ball thrown or a deep ball or two thrown his way uh, for an opportunity for a long touchdown. So if he were to you know capitalize on that, if he were to ca- come down with a fifty yard touchdown, that's cashed in your DFS lineup for for sure. You know, so that's that's a big deal. If, if he gets one catch for 40 yards there your value is already set with yeah. uh, how little he costs he's only 3500 so yeah exactly and then another guy uh mentioned some of the uh detroit uh injuries this week they're dealing with kind of a skeleton crew on offense uh marvin hall has has shown some glimpses of uh i don't know if you want to call it he's a i don't know if he's a good receiver he's talented i guess you could say but you know the opportunity is there for him and marvin jones jr is kind of like meat and potatoes kind of bland, you know? And so he, uh, while I, I think Marvin Jones Jr. could be a decent play this week for the, for the deep ball threats and for the, for the potential of a big play, I like Hawkinson and I like Marvin Hall. At, they're just 3,800. That's probably worth a dart throw for me. Um, one other guy that I think is another one to look at um, on, the, on the cheap is Michael Pittman Jr. for the Indianapolis Colts has strung together a few games here now for the Colts. Phil Rivers looked decent against that Tennessee um, 
he looks decent against that Tennessee defense a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, I think Michael Pittman Jr. could could uh, be someone that Phil Rivers is getting more rapport with, feeling more comfortable with. Michael Pittman Jr. only costs 4500 this week for DFS. So those are kind of some guys that I'm kind of targeting for if I need a dart throw at my flex spot or my wide receiver three spot. It's, you can't go wrong with – I mean, you can go wrong, but I mean, you. It's sometimes it's sometimes worth the risk because if you hit – you know you're gonna you're gonna hit it you're gonna hit it big and uh, you're gonna you to pay up at you know at, at running back at Kamara yeah. or Cook in your lineup. Yeah, exactly. So that kind of rounds out our wide receiver spot. Who else at tight end are you considering? I mean, tight end's kind of a, so a, a dead zone. It's crazy so with Kelsey off the main slate. So if you're playing the large slate, I would say just just play Kelsey and don't worry about it. But if you're on the main slate of the 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. games, the the, the, number, the number one option is Mark Andrews, and he's only 4900. So we've been talking. We've really been highlighting and keying in on certain matchups. We really like teams against Tennessee, um, and Mark Andrews is, should be a great beneficiary if Lamar Jackson's able to figure out this passing game a little bit. Um, and then a couple other guys I like are, are Dalton Schultz. He's down at 3,600. Uh, he had a nice game last week. He's been targeted on this uh, Cowboys offense a lot because he's a safety valve at that tight end position. And, you know, when there's not a lot of quarterback consistency, one thing you can rely on is kind of the, the shorter passes to the tight end and running back. Um and then Logan Thomas I had in my lineup. So we talked about him already. Uh, a couple of guys who – Again, our coin flips, uh, Dallas Goder at 3,800. We've seen the potential out of him in previous seasons where he's had, you know, multiple hundred yard games and touchdowns. You know, he, ha- we kind of thought he might blossom into that guy as, as Philly pushed out Zach Ertz, but we haven't seen it yet. I'm wondering if just the first couple of weeks, the injury was still impacting him. Maybe he's more healthy this week. Um, and at only 3,800. Yeah. I mean, come on, it's, it's tight end. So we're, we're pulling on thread here. Um, but then Austin Hooper additionally at 3,900 in the same matchup. So Cleveland and Philly playing each other. I can yeah. see either one of these tight ends going for 50 <laughs> yards like, and a touchdown. You know, it's tight, tight end position this year has just been such a coin flip every week. I mean, really you're talking about, you're, you're hoping, you're, you're hoping and praying that when you start one of these guys in your tight end spot that he catches a touchdown really, because you're not really banking. You're, you're not really liking the chances of any of these guys really exceeding maybe 50 yards on the week. And at least you're really on a week to week basis. Yeah. yeah. At least on a week to week basis. And so, Really, you hope and pray they catch a touchdown. It's a coin flip sometimes, and sometimes you just got to go with the matchup, and uh, you got to f- figure out what what one you feel most comfortable with. And I think you you highlighted a few guys that are worth sliding into your lineup this week that have a good opportunity to score score this week. Um, at defense, there's not. Not a lot to work with here on defense this week. Like we said, Atlanta could be worth the value for just 2,300 playing a backup quarterback um, and a quarterback who really has more tackles than he does. uh, He has more tackles than he does completions on his career. Taysom Hill. So, I mean, crazy. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you didn't know anybody, you would think Atlanta was a great, uh, great defense to play this week. But I mean, Atlanta has a lot of their own defensive woes on the season. So it's start them with, I mean, you want to start them and then like shut your eyes and not watch, you know? So, um, but other guys, yeah, go ahead. Potential here in this game though, um, because we know how much of a toss it was between choosing Jameis or or Taysom this week. There's potential. If Taysom starts off really poorly, he might just get yanked in the first quarter or the first half. That's true. That, that, that there's potential danger there. If you consider starting him as a long shot, but there's also potential danger in starting the Atlanta team. If Jameis comes in, say in the second quarter and he, you know, he just starts chucking the ball because they're down big. I could see that turning into a higher scoring game. So there is a little bit of a risk, even though, 
build their 2300, but that's kind of what a long shot is. But I think it's important that we're clear and upfront. There is some downside, but Atlanta's it's a decent play. Certainly. And then you have uh, a few other defenses here to know uh, Denver for just $2,400 facing Miami. Miami's offense is getting a little bit too, I would say overvalued in a sense, because t- I mean, yeah, two has looked pretty, he's looked better week to week and you, you know, he's improving. Um, but you know, the, the highlight of Miami and this, this hot streak they're on is the defense. And so don't, don't overrate Miami's offense yet, just yet. They're still getting them. They're still getting in their groove. They're still finding their identity. I, I kind of like that play Denver against Miami this week. Um, the weather though, it, I, I tried to look up the weather in Denver. I saw like 50 degrees or something like that. So it's nothing to be concerned about. Um, so yeah. Yes. The reason yeah. I like Denver against Miami is because we know Miami's defense is so good. And it seems like they're really trying to keep Tua within his certain set of skills as he develops. And I don't think there's going to be a case where Denver scores a lot of points against this Miami team. So they're going to stick to what Tua is good at. They're going to roll them out and do some of those shorter passes. They're going to run the ball a lot with Ahmed and with Brita. Yeah. And they're going to kind of stick to their meat and potatoes. They're missing Preston Williams and uh, Devontae Parker and Tua have really looked like they're on the same page so I, I until he develops that rapport with his weapons and they kind of open up the playbook a bit more I'm not too scared of playing the Dolphins offense what I I would be more worried about is if the Dolphins defensive points counted against the Denver Broncos defense right. because then I think half the points honestly for the Dolphins this week might come from their defense it's possible. I mean, uh, they could be a decent value this week, honestly, but Drew Locke is going to play by all accounts. Apparently he's, he's going to play this week. Um, Noah fans still questionable that he, they said he's truly a game time decision. So um, keep an eye on that to maybe slot in the dolphins defense in your DFS lineups. If a fans out, that's, that's, Locke's main weapon or second main weapon. And um, that's not ideal for him. And that'll be good for the, the Dolphins defense. Uh, and, another and team, Locke, even if he does play is definitely playing banged up. Yeah, exactly. He's got a rib injury and that definitely that doesn't go away. Motion. We saw that with Kyler just this week, he, he had an arm and it, he didn't look right the whole game. There's a little wobble to his passes. I think Locke had three interceptions last week after going down with the injury, he was able to stay in the game and gut it out, but he's not going to be a hundred percent right coming into this one and playing against the top five hot defense like the Dolphins, I'd say roll them out there. Yeah, definitely. Um, the uh, the other team you have highlighted here, the Vikings against the Cowboys. Uh, the Vikings defense could be worth uh, paying up for this week. The Cowboys are coming off their bye. I'm not really afraid of that. Haven't liked what I've seen out of Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I'm not really afraid of Andy Dalton. I mean, what do you What's there to like about this Cowboys team right now? I mean, until they show you something different, uh, you can start the defenses confidently against them uh, week in and week out in fantasy and DFS as well. Um, and then the other team that, I mean, if you really want, if you really want to invest in your defense, I mean, Pittsburgh against Jacksonville is going to be a great play, but it's I mean, that's the, most, that's the most expensive team um, on the board here. So if you could afford it, go ahead, go for it. But you know, that's expensive to, pl- to spend up on a defense. You're limiting your ceiling that way, but you know, that that's a great matchup too. So yeah, right, I think uh, you nailed it with the, the, the value plays of defense there. Definitely. All right, buddy. That's uh, going to wrap it up here for our DFS selections for NFL's week 11. Uh, we ended up both cashing last week. You beat me one, 127 to 129 last week, correct? You beat me by two points. Uh, honestly, I, I need to double check. I'm not sure which one of us won, but we were so close that uh, <laughs> basically a wash. When we, when we published the year-end study on our performance, I'll, we'll definitely get it all nailed down. I need to all double right. check. 
All right. Yeah. We both had decent weeks last week. We'll try to keep the ball rolling here in week 11. I like our picks um, and I like our chances to continue, continue the hot streak. Still cashing over 60% on the year. And so when you're hitting at that rate, you're definitely making money. So as long as you're playing, placing your bets equivalently as well, you know, we have to say that. Certainly. All right, Connor, that's going to do it here for episode 48 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. Don't forget to follow All Things Analysis on all the social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. We don't have a Snapchat yet. (laughs) Go to the website, allthingsanalysis.com. Subscribe and put your email in there. You'll get notifications for when we post podcasts and articles there. Also follow Vicious Talk with Benny P on uh, all the podcast platforms you listen to, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I think I saw it on like Podcast FM as well. I think they might've put it on there too. So uh, yeah. And your name out there, Benny. Yeah, I appreciate the support listeners. uh, Continue to listen. We got some exciting plans ahead. I have some new podcast guests coming on soon. Uh, We'll look to kind of expand our horizons with some of the topics we continue to talk about. Uh, But obviously Connor and I love to talk about football and uh, we continue to do well in our, in our handicapping for DFS and uh, fantasy footballs and uh, sorry, NFL bets as well. So keep listening here for um, all the best analysis here, all things analysis.com. Connor, thanks again for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me on Ben.